Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sticking around. I just need another 30 minutes of your time um, to, to share with you what the Lord has put in my heart. And today we're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know that the days of online gathering is coming to an end for many of us because as the church is planning to begin the process of bringing people back to the church for in-service, uh, uh, in-person in service, uh, I know many of you are really excited to want to come back to church. I know that some people are still wanting to meet online. That's fine. That's your great, that's an option for you too. And you can choose whether you want to meet online or come in person. But I know a lot of people are super excited of wanting to come back. We have calls and emails. People ask Pastor, when are we coming back? Because everybody is so excited. And I know that we are very excited. I know God is doing something amazing in this season. We're not just coming back to resume from what we were doing before. Like I said in the email, we're coming back because God is doing something new and brand new. And some of you will notice there's different things happening in the church when you walk into the sanctuary. But you know, praise God. Well, I just don't want to let the cat out of the back. I just want to let you know that we have been busy planning for this incredible renewal and relaunch of our church. And I just want to pray that, you know, as we do, as we obey the Holy Spirit, God is going to use you and all of us to begin to fulfill the commission of Jesus, to see many people get touched by the Lord and be saved and that their lives improve and that they will find a more incredible way of living than they are. And so I, I just want you to know that I, I, I'm going to ask you to pay attention to the email we sent out. If you don't have not received an email from us, I would encourage you to send an email to the church or just uh, uh, let us know what your email address is or just let us um, uh, uh, just go to Facebook and, and, and you have all the updates there too and you basically probably have to subscribe to say Facebook or follow us or like us or do one of those things that I'm not too familiar with but anyways you know so if you could do that you'll be, uh, be able to keep abreast of what's going on in our church. Now I want to talk about uh, what the Holy Spirit has put in my heart today and it takes about 30 minutes and then I'll let you go. Now, you remember two weeks ago, we started talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, how we saw the power of the Holy Spirit can raise the dead, heal the sick, and do all kinds of miracles, even shadows can heal people, change the attitude of the person, change the demeanor, change the confidence. The Holy Spirit did can do amazing things, especially when believers are being empowered or what we call being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not, not, not being born again, but a subsequent experience, what we call being baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive the empowerment. Now, you know, not, not only can believers Believers do amazing things, but but we started talking about last week is that you can also see things in and through the spirit realm, see things from God's perspective, see things from the Holy Spirit's perspective. Why is it important? Because if you can see from God's perspective, you can see a lot of things that most people can't see. And then the Word of God says that that when the Holy Spirit came, one of the things He was to do is to help believers to see. Now remember, I quoted last week Acts chapter. To when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and together with all the disciples, he started to preach about the impact of the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let, let us read it again, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And while he's preaching, Peter the apostle quoted Joel saying that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And that, those are the days we're living in now. And, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. 
even on my servants, both man and woman, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Why? Because I will show them wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. Notice, prophecy, visions, and dreams, they are there as gifts to show us, to let us see things that we couldn't otherwise be able to see. Why? Because, like I say, when you're able to see the way God sees, you will make better decisions for your life and will lead to better living for yourself, for your family, and those that are in the sphere of influence. But unfortunately today, even with many, many sincere born-again believers, they can't see a thing in the spirit. They can only see what everybody else is seeing. They live like everybody else on earth. Because why? They cannot see things that are meant for them to see. And because they can't see it, they don't know how to see it. And so they're struggling through lives every single day, day after day. And when this coronavirus thing broke out, you know, they're as panicked as everybody else. They're as scared as everybody else. They're as fearful as everybody else. And they're as depressed as everybody else. Why? Because they cannot see what God wants them to see. They cannot see from God's perspective. It's almost like they're blind, like I said last week. So that's why many people would be making wrong decisions. And that's why many believers, sincere believers, though they love Jesus, but they cannot see, they will still be making many fatal decisions. You know, I was reading the book of Second Kings and all the different kings of Judah and Israel, you know. And, uh, you know, in the old days, I had assumed, and if you read the Old Testament, you would assume that if you are a king who would do good and do what is right in the sight of God, then life would be great, you'd be successful, and so on and so forth. But many of the kings that actually did right in the sight of God, meaning they obey the commandment of God, they obey God, and yet they ended up being killed, assassinated, or being slaughtered in battlefield. And you thought to yourself, wait a second here. If you, if you, fall, if you, if you do what is right in the sight of God, what that means for the writer of First and Second Kings is that they get rid of all the idols, they restore the temple, they encourage the people to follow God and follow the word of God, you know? Those are righteous kings. And yet many of them died of sickness. Some of them died of sickness, not many. Some of them died of sickness. Some of them being killed, assassinated, losing battles, you know? And you think to yourself, why God? Why, why, why? Well, that's the reason why is because more often than not, in fact, often, I will say maybe always, when these kings encountered this problem was because although they are trying to walk in the ways of God, i.e. follow the commandments of God, they couldn't see what they needed to see. In other words, there were no prophets around them to tell them if they should go to war. They never consulted the Lord like in the days of David or even Saul that they would consult the Lord before they even go to battles. A lot of this king, for example, King Ahaziah, he was a, 
uh, amazing king, and, and actually his, his, uh, uh, his predecessor uh, was also an amazing king, and they were doing righteous things, and, uh, and yet they ended up in a very fatal situation, and one of them actually was slaughtered in a battle. He went to fight a war that he shouldn't have gone, and he was in fact warned even by his enemy to stay home. Don't come. Just enjoy what you have. Don't come bother me because you're going to lose everything and you're going to lose your kingdom. But he didn't listen. He went for war. And, and though he was following the commandment of God, but he wasn't able to see what he was supposed to see and therefore got himself into trouble by making fatal decisions. Friends, I want you to know that God loves you so much and that he loves his church a lot. And he doesn't want his church to struggle like everybody else. Now, last week, we spoke about what would inhibit or prevent believers from seeing from God's perspective. The four things that I talk about is, you know, I'm not going to have a thorough review because of time, but we talk about four things. And, and I would encourage you to, if you didn't listen to it last week, I encourage you to go back to last week's sermon and just, just take a listen to it. I know you're going to be blessed. And the four things that would prevent us from seeing what God wants us to see is, number one, is our immediate surrounding crisis or situation that we're facing. And because of the present environment uh, that we are facing, we would be so caught up and exhausted by it that we have forgotten that there is a bigger picture. And so we are consumed with the present environment and we're not able to see what God wants us to see. And so that's one of the things that prevent believers is they, they, they can't see what God sees because they're so caught up with what's right in front of them. You know, I use the word, they cannot see the forest uh, 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 for, this, for the trees. Um, because of the tree. And so, because they're standing right in the trees, they can't see the whole forest. So that's number one. And number two is their past experiences. You know, our, our past experiences so, so had often prevent us from seeing what God wants us to see. You know why? Because your past experiences create a filter in your eyes that will cause you to see things that is not supposed to be. And, you know, maybe you were hurt in the past or you suffered amazing failures in the past, you know. And so because of that, you put filters over your heart, over your eyes. And so you now cannot see and judge things properly. And, and for example, if you were hurt by people in the past, you don't trust people anymore, God could send you a, a, an angel to just want to minister and bless you and love you, but you're resisting and you're pushing them away. Another example is that the people that have been hurt by church in the past, They've been hurt by other church members because they've been judged or whatever. And so they stopped going to church altogether. And they're basically throwing the baby with the bathwater. But you know, God had, uh, you learned today is that God had, 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 had caused this church to be a place where you receive amazing blessings. And so don't give up. Don't give up on church just because someone in the past in the church had hurt you. It's not God's church that had hurt you. It's the people in God's church. And, you know, they are humans. They will always commit error. But God is still on his throne. He still loves you. He still wants to pour out his blessing to you. You say, why can't God pour out his blessing to me on my own? Well, you'll learn a little bit later as I begin to explain to you how you can see and the tools that he had given you to see through and in the spirit. And then that one Another thing that had prevented believers from seeing is really pride. You know, I talked about it last week. I'm not going to go into an extensive review, but really, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes when you're too proud, you wouldn't be able to humble yourself to listen to criticism, feedback, and suggestion from people. You become very defensive all the time, you know. So I want to encourage you, you know, if, 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 if you're listening to this, examine your heart. See if people are willing and open to give you input. 
If you find that nobody wants to give you input, all they do is just, just yes and be a yes man to you, then, then you got a problem. You need to begin to set up your life and begin to change your demeanor and your behavior and so that pe- people will feel comfortable for giving you input. Now, I'm not talking about allowing people to talk you down and being negative on you. Those people you want to stay away from. But I'm talking about people that will speak into your life. You know, you allow people to speak into your lives. Anyways, uh, the last one I talk about that would prevent us from seeing from God's perspective and seeing in and through the Spirit is our own past indoctrination, whether it's from religious indoctrination, cultural indoctrination, even educational indoctrination. And so because of those indoctrination, we cannot see what God wants us to see. And so these are the four things that I mentioned last week that would prevent us from seeing. Today, I want to show you the tools that God had given us to be able to see things properly, the tools that he's given to the church. Now, let me say this. Now, if I were to tell you that there are people that can actually see into his spirit and that his Holy Spirit would let one see or perceive things that nobody else can, I would be telling the truth. On the other hand, if I were to tell you that everyone, every single one, can see things, can see into the Spirit themselves, every single one can develop their skills to see things into the Spirit themselves, see things supernaturally, then I will not be telling you the truth. It will not be the truth. Now, let me say this. What I'm going to say today is that there are gifts that God has given to His church. In other words, there are people that are born with a certain disposition, wire a certain way that they can actually see into the spirit realm. Even before they became a Christian. You know, I have a sister in our church. She shared with me that, you know, she's very prophetic. She have dreams all the time, you know, about the things that will come to pass and, and, and it happens all the time to her. And she said that she, she actually had experienced it even when, before she was a believer, when she was a kid, you know, when she was young at home and, uh, and she, she had, uh, she had a dream or she had some kind of a perception that something is going to happen to her little brother. And, and I think, I think it was like a little brother. She would say to her mom, you know, mom, he's going he's gonna to burn his hand. And mom was looking at her funny. He's like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, in that afternoon, her brother put his hand on some stove or whatever and burned his hand. And so she already had that kind of kind of predisposition, that, that kind of uh, 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 inclination in her to be able to see things or perceive things. This is what the Bible called the gifts. You know, in 1 Corinthians, let's read it, chapter 12, verse 4. The Bible says that now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. For what? Watch this. For the common good. We're going to get back to that common good. So the good news is that while you and I may, may not be wired a certain way to see things in the spirits, God has given His tools for the church. 
apart from being the, reading the Word of God with the revelation of the Word of God that give you guidance and the Word of God can allow you and train you to see from God's perspective, apart from the fact that you can hear preacher like me speaking after receiving revelation, explaining to you like I'm explaining to you right now about how it is you can see from God's perspective, God has also given gifts to His church with people that have special abilities. These are the gifts that are available not to those individual only, but actually to the common good. So the good news is that we can benefit from all the tools that God had given to his church, from his word, from the preaching of the word of God, from the fellowship of the saints, and to the gifts that he'd given to church, that he given to, to his church, that he'd given to different individuals in the church. You may or may not have that gift. Now, if you have that gift, like the sister that I told you just now, you know, she had this ability, you know, to, to sense the future, to perceive the future, you know. If you have that, I want to encourage you to, to develop it in the Lord, you know, to develop it the Lord and use it for the purpose for the kingdom of God because God is going to bless you. And then you need to get plugged into a local church so that you can be properly discipled and that you can be taught how it is that you can harness and use the gift that God has given you for the benefits of his kingdom and yes, even for yourself. You know, so so God has given a gift. So if you, you're the individual, I want to encourage you to do that. I, I, I heard a preacher, you know, he uh, he was recently just sharing a testimony about you know when he was a kid he was able to already see things that nobody can see hear things that nobody can hear and when he was young it really it you know it really freaked him out because he would be able to see things that and hear things that nobody can see and hear he had that special ability that God had already wired in him and all he needed to do is to develop that ability so that God can use him and powerfully release him into the body of Christ to be a blessing not only to himself but to thousands, in fact tens of thousands of people and he's being a blessing to that right now and God wants to do that for everyone. But anyways, so the good news is that we can all benefit from this gifts uh, that God has given us. How do we benefit from him? Well, you know, the Bible says that uh, we can all benefit because all the gifts are given to the body of Christ. In the scripture we just read, we see that the plan of God is that we can all see through the spirit realm and enjoy the benefits of the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. But that's not to say, that is not the same thing as to say that everyone will have the ability to do them. You know, in this new age season, season that we're in, you know, there's a lot of new age teaching out there. Uh, the new age teaching is that it's, it's quite, this is a massive difference between the new age teaching and the teaching of the word of God. The new age teaching is that it's all about you. It's all about centering yourself. It's all about emptying yourself. It's all about focusing and centering to yourself and that you, your spirit, is the God and, and that it's all you and yourself has nothing to do with anybody else. So they would teach you to empty yourself, practice meditation, and so forth. You know, I come from the Eastern background. I understand exactly what those teachings are. I've researched them. I've talked to people on them. In fact, I, I would be, I, when I was younger, I was talking to those future monks. You know, the, this one guy that I know, he was in my class, he was planning to be a monk, even at a very young age. He knew he was called to be a monk, you know, and so he was very familiar with that, with the Buddhism, you know, so we're having discussion, you know, but all those, while they say that you ought to do kindness to everybody, but at the end of the day, all the spiritual discipline is self-focus, 
and self-centered. All the spiritual interaction is self-focused, is self-centered. Well, that's not the teaching of the Word of God. And many people don't understand this. When they get themselves into the spirit realm on their own, they don't realize that their spirit is actually the weakest spirit of all the spirit beings that exist out there. And that if they are not careful, they will get themselves in bondage. I remember a number of years ago, I was speaking to a Russian lady. She started to get involved in meditation. And, you know, we were at, my wife and I were at her house, you know, and uh, she was involved in meditation. And I think I shared with uh, this, this, this congregation before, but for the better for people that haven't heard, she was involved. And so she, being that she looked at me as, you know, being Asian, she thought I would know everything about it, you know. That's, that's, that's the stigma, I suppose, you know. So she asked me about all the meditation stuff. I knew a little bit about it, you know, because I've studied and learned it. And, uh, this, and she, this is what she's telling me, and it is true is that, you know, there are different levels of meditation. All of them are self-focused and self-centered. All of them is about emptying your, your soul, emptying your mind, emptying your soul, so that the spirit world can come in to your soul to interact with you. And because our soul is being, uh, uh, is interact both the spirit, can interact both with the spirit world and the physical world. And that soul basically is very open to the spirit world and the physical world. And be- because of that, we often get distracted by the physical world and therefore we cannot see into the spirit world. And so what they're teaching is that you need to empty yourself from the physical world, then you can focus on interacting with the spirit world. But unfortunately, the teaching is lacking something called the protection of God. You become, you become very vulnerable in the spirit world because your spirit is so, so weak in the spirit world. The human spirit, you see. There's a lot of spiritual beings in the spirit world. I don't want to be get too spooky, but for those of you who are interested, there's a lot of spirits in the spiritual world. Human spirit without God, without the Holy Spirit, is the weakest of all kinds of spirits out there. And so anyway, so she was meditating and then she get into the different level and then she said, at one level, I come to the place where I have completely emptied myself. And she said, I felt something came into me. And she said she lost control. For a moment there, she realized, she felt that she had lost control of her soul and her body. And for a moment there, she was so scared. And I said to her, what'd you do? She said, I don't know what came out of me, but something inside came out of me. And she said, I just cried, Jesus. I said, now how did you do that? How did you know how to do that? She said, I don't know, maybe because I'm, you know, born from Russian Orthodox, you know, and, and I know about Jesus. That's the only thing I know how to cry out. And she said, as soon as she cried, Jesus, everything just disappeared. That's the power of the name of Jesus. Well, anyways, needless to say, I explained to her about the demonic realms and, and even though she said, I see light, and the Bible says that, yes, demons and devil himself can come in the guise as an angel of light. So I believe her, right? So, but, but she, she basically just, just want to experiment with another realm. And so she, 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 she gave herself to the spirit world. But when she cried out, cried out the name of Jesus, God came in. The devil flee. That's how powerful the name of Jesus is. Anyways, we led him to the Lord. 
But I want to tell you this, is that the way that God wants us to operate and function within the realm of His presence, of His domain, of His kingdom, of His spirit world, is different from what the New Age people are thinking. The way that God wants us to function, one of the major differences is not self-centered, it's not self-focused. You don't do it for self, you don't do it for in self-isolation. You know, we talk about the differences, right? So uh, another major difference is really for the, uh, for the New Age or the Eastern religious uh, teaching is that you have to be in isolation. And that's how you practice your spirit. Yes, we do in our teaching is that we go in and shut in to seek the face of God. That's called play, praying in the closet, in secret. We do that. But most of the spiritual disciplines do not only involve in seeking God on your own because that will not be complete, that will not be whole. The Bible teaches us very clearly is that one of the major differences between our teaching, that our beliefs and our faith and the New Age teaching is that we are supposed to be interdependent. We are not supposed to be self-centered, but we are supposed to be interdependent. All the spiritual gifts we have are for the purpose of, watch this, the common good of every believers. God wants to develop your gifts, your ability, so that everyone in the church can harness the benefits. That's the plan of God. That's the plan of the gospel. That's the plan of God for the body of Christ. And so it's not just for yourself. So like all aspects of Christian lifestyle, the best way to live out your gifts, the benefits, the blessings of God, and everything that God has for you is to live it out, being interly, in, being, being, being not, not being independently uh, 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 disciplined, but interdependently disciplined. In other words, you are leaning and harnessing on the gifts of others so that you too can walk in the fullness of God. So it's interdependence as opposed to self-isolation and independence. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. I'm almost done. And the Bible says, I'm going to continue to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? And the Bible says for verse 8, for the one is given through the spirit of the word of wisdom and another the word of knowledge. Remember this too, okay? According to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and another the working of miracles, another prophecy, another ability to discern the spirits or distinguish between spirits, whether it's God's spirit or demon spirits or any other spirit, or to another various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And verse 11, all these are empowered are empowered, are empowered by one and the same Spirit called the Holy Spirit who apportions or distributes to each one individually, watch this, this is very important words, as He wills, not as you will, as He wills. I said this last week, any spirit that you can control is not the Holy Spirit, it's demonic. Anything, any activities that you do out of the spirit that you can control, they're witchcraft. You don't want to get involved in that. My point is that every time when we operate in the Holy Spirit supernatural activities, we don't operate out of our own will. We operate in obedience to the will of God. That's it. In obedience to the will of God. So all the gifts that I talk about, 
individuals who possess those gifts. They don't possess those gifts and therefore make decision when to operate them. It is not their decision to make. And even if they try, it will not work. But if they will follow the voice of God and obey God as the Holy Spirit wills, they become very, very, very effective. I'm going to give you some examples at the end of this discussion, and we're coming to an end soon. Now, back to Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 17. And uh, let's read again what Peter was quoting Joel. And uh, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit can help us to see things from God's perspective. That has been the central point, okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last day, God says, Now pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Again, I will show them wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. So this prophecy seeing visions, dreaming dreams are the tools that God has given to his church and to different people in the church. And then when they prophesy, when they dream dreams, they are for the benefits, not necessarily just for themselves. Most of the time, it's for the benefits of the kingdom of God. It's for the benefits of the body of Christ. And so when you run an individual, always prophesy and dream dreams only about themselves, I would question, and you and I have reason to question, is that really from God? Because according to the word of God, all the gifts are for the benefits of the body of Christ. And that's why it's so important, it's so critical that we all gather together all the time. There are people that say, oh, you know, pastor, me and God, Jesus and me, I'm just going to watch at home and learn from home. If the church and the body of Christ is such that it's just about teaching and music, yeah, yes, it's true. You can just stay at home. If the body of Christ, if living in the most fulfilled Christian living is just basically listening to some guy talk and then listening to some music, if that's it, oh yeah, sitting at home would make more sense because it's comfortable. You know, you got a couch to sit on. You can be in your pajamas drinking coffee. As opposed to coming to church, you have to dress up, you know, and you can't drink coffee because they have rules in this church. They don't want to spill coffees on the, co- on the pews, you know, this sort of thing. There's no freedom, you know. So, so, so but, but the kingdom of God, to live in the, in the benefits of the kingdom of God, to harness all the benefits in the kingdom of God, it's not to be in isolation. It's to come and gather. That's why it's so important to gather. I know most of you know that. And that's why most of you can't wait to come back to church. Because when you come into church, we can operate in our gifts. We can just be a blessing to one another. Not only do we encourage one another, that's another aspect and benefits of being in the body of Christ is to connect with one another, to encourage each other's faith, you know, not to gossip, but to encourage each other's faith, you know, and to lift each other up and to sense the presence of God, the atmosphere of God is quite different, you know and also to to experience all the gifts, every single one of them that God has given to His church and to experience it ourselves. And that's how we can do it in the body of Christ. You can't do that at home. You can't do tongues and interpretation at home. You can operate any of the gifts, dreams, and visions. You know, you you know, the pastors don't possess all the gifts. 
I can't operate the gifts for your benefits of those who are watching on video. I can only provide some of the benefits like teaching and encouraging, exhortation, and you know, sometimes prophecy. You know, sometimes my preaching is prophetic, and so I, I encourage you, I exhort you, but that's only sometimes. But there are other giftings in the church that God had given you, tools he had given you, not only to see, but to live life to the fullest. But we're talking about how you can see, right? So, so in order, in order for, for this, this, this amazing gifts to benefit you, you not only have, should, should discipline, have a self prayer, have discipline to, to pray in the closet and have a discipline to seek the Lord and read the word of God because they are tools too, but also come to be part of the body of Christ. And I pray and hope that when we come back as a church, we will operate more in the supernatural, operate in the gifts of the spirit that we just talked about. Healings, miracles, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, dreams, visions. God has given to his church. Why aren't we using it more often? And I pray that God will use it more often. Why? It's not so that you can benefit an individual or somebody can show off, but that we all can benefit. So let me give you a couple of practical examples that the people in this church have experienced in terms of how to see things and operating through another person's gifts to see things and therefore execute another gift. So for example, healing. If you've been in this church long enough, you have known that sometimes when I pray for people, I, I will ask the people in the congregation that if they have a word of knowledge of any sickness, they need to shout it out. They need to let me know because I don't have the gifts, all the gifts myself, nor should I because I'm not supposed to operate in the gifts my own. In fact, my job is to equip the saints so that they can operate the gifts. I do what I do sometimes to give as an example, but I don't necessarily always have that gift operating in me because I haven't been wired that way. I've been wired as a pastor, as a teacher, to bless the church, to equip the church. But the church ought to have those gifts and operating in those gifts. What does it mean? It means you, believers. God had put you on center stage. My job is not to be on center stage. My job is being a coach behind you so that I can lift you up and teach you how you can operate fully in all the gifts that God has given you. And that's the reason why I want to encourage people to always operate in their gifts, not just rely on the teachers, not rely on one certain preachers, not rely on certain leaders, but that, you know, they learn how to operate on their own. And that's what I do. And so in this church, when I pray for people, sometimes I wait for the word of knowledge to come out. Sometimes God give me the word of knowledge if the people in the congregation, you know, they haven't learned how to hear from the Lord or, or that they haven't heard and, and then God needs to do something and, and I need somebody to be able to see what God sees. Why is it important? I will say this. We only do what God is blessing. We only do what God is doing because that's the model that Jesus used. You see, Jesus, when he was on earth, he didn't heal everybody. He only healed those that God told him to heal. And that's why, like, for example, at the poor Podesta, he healed one out of many hundreds of people that are sick. Why? Because he was obedient to the Lord. You say, why did the Lord, why did the Father only want to heal one person? Well, you can go ask him. But as far as I'm concerned, I want to follow Jesus. And so sometimes in the congregation, you know, God wants to do something, and then I haven't heard it, but the people with the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge, they will say, I believe God wants to heal somebody with a shoulder pain or with cancer or this and that. And because when there's a word of knowledge, the chances of the healing take place is 100 out of 100. 
Unless a person who operates in the word of knowledge still yet to learn to operate fully and didn't hear clearly and this sort of thing. Now, I have, you know, a number of years ago, we have a healing school in our church. I was teaching people how word of knowledge is the most powerful form of praying for the sick. And word of knowledge sometimes comes in vision. You know, you can see a vision of something above that person or that you can feel it physically in your body of the pain the person feels all of a sudden. Those are examples of word of knowledge, sometimes audible voice, sometimes an impression, you know. But those are word of knowledge. And when God speaks through those word of knowledge, they're powerful stuff. But you know, I don't have all the gifts. I need to lean on somebody else to have the gifts. And sometimes they have the gift. God will speak to them and they will speak and they will, they will shout out. They will raise their voice and say, you know, somebody has shoulder problem. And then I'll go ahead and ask if anybody who has shoulder problem, come on out, we pray for them. That's how we operate. That's how the gift of God operates. So, but we're talking about hearing the voice of God, seeing things that we otherwise wouldn't have seen. I can't see sometimes. That's why I'm leaning on people that can see. And you can do the same thing too. A lot of times, you know, the things that you need, you know, from the Lord, you know, and maybe you, are, you need somebody to counsel you. You have some issue, your marital situation, whatever. You need some counsel. You need to hear from the Lord. Yes, you can hear. Most, first of all, you need to consult with the Bible. And second of all, you can actually consult with the man of God who may be able to give you through his experience and so forth. Or third of all, you can consult with people that have the gift of God that, you know, that, that can tell you what you cannot see. But, you know, hope, you know, not hopefully, but the rule is that whatever they say has to align with the Word of God, right? So if the counselor tell you that you can marry a second wife while having still the first one and have two or three wives, then that's not from the Word of God. Then you reject those counseling, right? That's just an example. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you need people to help give you advice, and some people will have a word of knowledge of saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't pick, pick this job because I see down the road that something like that would happen. What just happened there? somebody is harnessing another person's gifts so that they could see also through the spirit realm, through the eyes of God in a particular situation, right? So in the next season, like I say, we really need to lean on this supernatural gifts that God has given to his church. And I pray that as we all come back, and we are all coming back soon. See, next Sunday, we're going to get all the leaders back. We're going to stage and practice how we're going to do this together. And then we're going to get the dream team back. And then we're going to stage it again. And then after that, we'll get the whoever wants to come, you know. But, you know, we're not just going to announce publicly yet because we need to make sure that we're only at 30% of capacity. Maybe we need to go multiple services to accommodate that. But we'll see what happens as we begin to stage it. And so, but needless to say that as we come back to church as one, I pray that God will allow us to begin to move in the supernatural that, you know, uh, we can see the gifts of God being operated. Now, there are churches and assemblies and groups that pursue gifts. The end game for them are manifestation of the gifts. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about pursuing Gifts as an end game. Gifts, as I mentioned earlier, they are tools. Tools for believers like you and me to see things we otherwise cannot see. It's not for the benefits of one or two individuals, but it's for the body of Christ as a whole. We don't pursue tools. We utilize the tools that God has given to his church. But we pursue his presence. Most of all, we, win we want to use those gifts to fulfill the commission he had given to his church to seek and save those who are lost. It's not for us little Christian family to benefit ourselves so that we can look better than other people. No, it's for the people, for humanity, 
especially those that do not know God. We want to bless them. We want to be a blessing to them. We want to tell them how good God is and that he had given all these gifts to, to their benefits. That's what we want to do. So I pray that you've been blessed today. And I wanted you to ask you to do something for me. As we begin to get ready to gather back together, oh, ask the Lord, God, what is it that you have vested in me since I was born? The gift that you've given me that you want me to develop. And second of all, I want you, when you come back to church, seek out someone that can help you to develop those gifts. I'm one of them, but there are many teachers, one more true Christians in the body of Christ, and even some of the small group leaders, they have experience and they can help you. But don't be satisfied by just seeing whatever everybody else is seeing, doing what everybody else is doing. Go one step further. Step into the supernatural that God has given you. Supernatural ability to see, supernatural ability to hear, supernatural ability to operate in things. I pray that God would bless you in this little discussion we have. Let me pray for you before you go. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word that has been released will not return void, but indeed it will bring forth amazing fruits. And I believe that by faith right now. I release my faith into the seeds that have been sown in the hearts of men and women of God. I thank you for your word and your faithfulness. And I pray that you bless everyone who is tuning in. And I pray that their week will be amazing and that they will be such a blessing not only to themselves, but the people around them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 